This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also reach us via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Hello, Gordon. How are you? Larry, we're feeling good. We're living the dream. Oh, The baby. Knicks are back, baby. <laughs> now, Gordon, be honest with me. They're down double digits again. Third quarter. What's your reaction? What's your feeling? Well, I mean, look, I think we both kind of kept this in perspective while still having some fun with it. We both don't expect them to be rolling out, you know, five wins out of every six games throughout this season. So at some point, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of a leveling off. Now, I don't expect the bottom to drop out as it has in, in, in past years. You know, sometimes the Knicks would win five of six and then they'd lose 14 in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't think that they're going to continue to play at this level. So when you see them fall behind again, you start to think, well, maybe tonight's the night. You know, maybe the effort just isn't uh, what you expect it to be. Or maybe they don't have that second-half rally in them. But there they come again, right? I mean, it's Julius Randle every single night. Tonight it was Austin Rivers down the stretch. So, uh, look, you know, smoke them while you got them, baby. You know, roll them (laughs) while they're rolling here. I mean, it's unbelievable that they've gotten off to this kind of start. And I think what's interesting about it, Gordon, is it seems to be a different player every night, right? Of course, you've got the standards. You've got Julius Randle, who had the slow shooting start tonight. He looked really tired to me, Gordon, like all night. He came out on the floor like, whoo, boy, these minutes are piling up on my old behind. Uh, but, you, you know, you, you have him. You have uh, R.J. Barrett, who didn't shoot well tonight, only had nine points. But you have some guys who you're starting to see a regular, but it's the guys late. And tonight it was Austin Rivers who just came in in the fourth quarter and just lit things up. Yeah, 14 straight points, 23 on the night. So, uh, and big shots, right? Like that game, I mean, I think it finished, what was it, 112-100 or something like that? But that was a close game down the yeah. stretch. And uh, each time down uh, in that fourth quarter, he, he was just hitting another big shot, another big shot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have, you know, if, if you're going to have a gripe, maybe we've already reached the stage where we get wins and we want them in a specific way. It would have been nice to see R.J. Barrett be a little bit more productive tonight. But, look, a win's a win. You take them while you can. And, you know, five and three through eight games, I don't think many people would have expected that. Even the most optimistic Nick fan, I don't know that they necessarily would have uh, thought, you know, especially, you know, it would be one thing if they were beating really bad teams. They're beating pretty good teams in this stretch. You know, mm-hmm. the Bucks, the, the Pacers, now the Jazz. I mean, these are not the dregs of the NBA. No, they're not. And, and that's the one thing you like about them, that they're – Gordon, they're finding ways to win, and even when they go through lulls where they don't play as well defensively, and that's hard to do, right? That's hard to keep up that defensive mentality for 48 minutes because, listen, these are NBA players. They, you can play great defense and guys still score on you, so you can't, you can't allow that to get, to get you down. But the one thing that you like about them is they just, even though they get down, they haven't lost confidence, and that's the thing that you see right now, Gordon, is their confidence it's sky high, and when they get down, they just have that belief now that they can come back. Uh, I mean, for how many years have Nick fans asked for, you know, the, the intangibles of heart or effort mm-hmm. or defense? You know, that's the one thing that you hear time and time again. I just want a, a team that, that comes at, to play every single night. They show heart. That even when they get down, they fight back. Even if they're not great, if they can just show those kind of characteristics – and it looks like, again, it's only eight games, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not going to be, 
you know, a straight line straight up the whole time. But at least so far, Tibbs has got these guys playing with effort, playing with heart, even when they get down. I mean, you look at that third quarter tonight. They come out of halftime. They outscore the Jazz. What was it? Um, they outscored them 68-44 in the, in the second half. But no turnovers in the third. They completely turn the game around. They get it back to even for the fourth quarter. So they are showing that heart. They're showing that effort. And they are playing defense on a pretty, you know, night-in, night-out basis. And I think tonight, Gordon, the other thing that stuck out to me was the fact that they were able to keep uh, Mitchell Robinson on the court. I mean, what he had, 41, he played 41 minutes, uh, 13 rebounds, 9 points, 3 blocks. But the fact that he was on the floor and only had 3 fouls in 41 minutes, that's one of the things that I think you can see, hopefully, as a coaching staff, you kind of get to work with him to make him understand their their fouls that we understand you're going to have to take, but you can't have those dumb fouls like trying to block somebody at the top of the key or something like that and get a foul. You we need you to be on the court. Yeah, uh, there's been games it feels like he has three fouls in 41 seconds. Uh, so we've come. It comes back to coaching, right? It's not just you know when you talk about Tibbs. Yes, it's about his X's and O's during the game, rotations, pulling guys out when he needs to pull guys out, put guys in. But it's also the development that takes place in between games. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, when you came into this year, you're excited for Obi Toppin, you're excited for the young guys, you want to see Barrett take the extra step forward. But Mitchell Robinson is pretty high up on that list in terms of foundational pieces. You see flashes at times. But then, as you mentioned, you know, he, he runs into foul trouble at times, stupid fouls, mistakes, and he's, it's very hard for him to get a consistent uh, run game in and game out where those, those kind of mistakes continue to happen, right? So there's games where he already has three fouls in the first half and he's got to sit down. So maybe that's another you know, tip of the cap to coaching in that development that we wanted to see, right? We, we want to see wins, but we also want to see development of the young players that thing, you know, I don't expect him to, well, maybe I should expect him to play 41 minutes tonight, but I don't expect him to play 41 minutes regularly, but to be available with only three fouls, that's a major step forward for Mitchell Robinson. There's no question about that. And the other person I want to talk about with you, Gordon, is Alfred Payton. Now, last year he was a guy, he had injuries, he got off to the slow start, obviously, it took him a while to get back up to, to, to you know, standards with the team. But this year he seems to be, Better shot selection, I think, is the key thing for him. Like tonight, he had 22 points, 10 to 15 shooting, all of two from three. But he, he, he found a way to get to the basket. And I think that's where he's got a strength, where he gets to the basket quick. He pulls up for the short jumper in the lane. It, it seems to be it's about him understanding what's a good shot and what's not a good shot. And tonight, because he's not a scorer, Gordon. I mean, let, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, but tonight, he was able to get some key buckets to keep them going until Austin Rivers took over. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like previous coaching staffs, even with the talent, and it has not been great talent, and I don't even know if the Knicks are that talented right now, but it feels like in the past, especially with Fisdale, they got less out of the talent than even the expect, you know, even like the baseline should have been this, and they got less talent than that, you know, less return out of that talent. It feels like with Tibbs, they're able to put guys in position, right? We say that all the time in football, coaching, putting guys in position to succeed. It seems like, at least in the early going, he's able to get more out of the talent than you probably would expect going in. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer, 1-800-919-3776. We're talking next 
We're also talking football. And Gordon, earlier today, John Mara had a message to the fans. And here's what he had to say. That's not John Mara. No, but with the band. He might have liked that better, though. (laughs) You're right. Here's what John had to say. I feel like we're making progress. I think, given the fan mail that I've received, which tends to peak during the, the losing streak and then yeah, we win a couple of games, it, it tends to die down. I think most of our fans believe we're making progress. So I, and there are always going to be fans that are going to be critical, and, and rightfully so. I do believe we're making progress. I am going to ask them to be patient again. I know it's a tough ask. I know they're tired of hearing you say that. But uh, I am sincere in the belief that we are making progress here. Please, fans, help us out. And, and here's the funny thing. Because if you're a Giant fan, here's what you know about your, your franchise. They don't like to make a lot of change. They really don't. They're, they're, they're similar to the Roonies. Now, they've had more head coaches than Pittsburgh's had because <laughs> Pittsburgh's had three coaches in 150 years. But as far as their front office folks, Gordon, I wasn't really surprised that Gettleman was able to stay over. I think Joe Judge saved him. The fact that he had a got the, got the feeling that the team was on the right track as far as your head coaching position, even though he had Pat Shermer before. And I think that gave him some more time. And I just don't think that the Maras like change a lot. They just yeah, I mean, that, that, that is absolutely clear. They don't, they, they don't want to change, and that has been a running theme, right? I mean, the loyalty to people that while – and people who had far more success than Dave Gettleman have had. Eli Manning, they stayed with him too long. Tom Coughlin stayed with him too long. Jerry Reese stayed too long. Um, look, the Giants, it seems like the Giants view themselves as, hey, you know what, we just missed the playoffs, rather than viewing themselves as the 6-10 and 10 team that they are. And it feels like at this time of year, it's almost like one of those annual rites of the sports calendar where John Mara comes out and tells us that it's not as bad as it seems and you just have to be a little bit more patient. I mean, where is this progress that you're talking about? The, almost the entire roster has been turned over since Dave Gettleman has gotten here. There's three players left pre-Gettleman roster that are still on the team right now. One of them is Sterling Shepard, so at least that's, you know, that's one of the good ones. I mean, that, that's one of the best players they have on offense. Um, they've spent the three picks, that number one picks, that Gettleman has had on offense, and the offense is terrible. So it seems like they, they want you to trust them, despite the fact that the record is what the record is. And they always point to all these things that really can't be measured. You know, we're on the right track. Uh, uh, there's a lot of positives in the locker room. Um, the leadership is great. The teamwork is great. Uh, we're really building a foundation here. I mean, just go back to what the record was. You know, I brought it up a couple of nights ago. You take out the 11-5 and season with McAdoo that first year, they were 15-33 and the three years previous. They're 15-33 and these three years. So I just don't see where this progress and where John Mara wants to point to this progress because you won two more games than you did a year ago while playing in the worst division anyone has ever seen. Well, they're consistent, Gordon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, isn't it crazy to anyone else that here's yeah. the GM who has put up a record of 15 and 33, mm-hmm. a quarterback who threw for 11 touchdowns the entire year, and yet both are clearly going to be back. Like there's not going to be a change at either one of those spots. Well, 
to follow that up, Gordon, Dave Gellerman was asked, okay, so where have you made strides as GM with this team? First of all, the culture piece, I know it's, it's talked about, but it's important. You have to learn how to win, you have to know how to win. And we've made progress there. Uh, the locker room is terrific. We've got great leadership. We've got a young club. And I just, you know, I, I understand that. At the end of the day, we've got to continue. This is an important offseason. Uh, you know, roster building offseason for us. And we've, we've got some solid pieces. We've built up the lines. We've done some things. we got to get, you, gotta, you know, we have to continue to get good play, good players. And part of it is getting players. All right, Gordon, so I want you to take the other side. Now, and I understand what you said. You make a, a really good point about the inconsistencies of Gettleman, and believe me, I know you've taken them. I've taken a number of calls here where Giant fans are just done with Dave. Mm -hmm. But what did Mara possibly see to say, let me give him another year? Is it what he did, the moves on defense, the free agents that he brought in that, that helped the defense get a little better? Is it... Uh, I want to see one more year what's going on with Daniel Jones. He picked him. We have to make a decision. We'll see what's going on with him. What would it – why would you bring him back? Well, uh, look, he, I mean, while he didn't have the sole responsibility in hiring the coach, I would guess the coach being, you know, as, as positively reviewed as he has been, I think that that has to be one check in the positive column for Dave Gettleman. I would simply point out it's not the first coach he hired. and The first coach he hired was – was gone after two years, uh, that's terrible. Uh, I would also think that the free agent moves and the trade for Leonard Williams, that clearly worked out excellent. Uh, Bradbury was an excellent signing. Uh, Williams was an excellent signing. So, I mean, he, or excuse me, Martinez was an excellent signing. So he, he's had some, some positive moves in terms of the defense and free agent signings and the trades. I would simply say all three of those moves you would have to qualify as home runs, right? Bradbury, Martinez, and Williams. The team went 6-10. and ten. Mm. They won two extra games in a division. Again, that was the worst in football that we've seen probably ever from top to bottom. So, I, I, it, look, it's a better winning, you know, you can say, well, we won four games last year. We won six games this year. The other issue I had with John Barra was he brings up, well, you know, we finished 5-3. and three. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the Jets finish five and three a year ago? Did they build Actually, on that? They were even better. <laughs> I think they were six and two. Six and two. Okay, six they were and two. Better. Larry, tell me a story. Did they improve on that six and two? Uh no. And their no. coach is gone. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. John Mara, what's your thoughts on the season? Obviously, I'm, I'm not pleased with the number of games we won. I'm, I'm disappointed that we couldn't do better than 6 and 10. But I do see progress in the building here. I think the quality of people that we have in the locker room uh, has improved a great deal. I think we have some great leaders down there. I think we've established a basis for a foundation that can have con continued success going forward. And I'm excited uh, about the future of this team. I think the fact that we were five or three over the second half of the season gives me some reason for encouragement. Also, I'm obviously disappointed we didn't make the playoffs. We had every opportunity to do that. Only had only one more game, and uh, we didn't get that done. But I think uh, what I wanted to see this year was some progress and some reason for some optimism going forward. And I did see that, and that's why I'm optimistic about uh, what we can do in the future. Well, I will say this about them, Gordon. You look at Daniel Jones the first when they were 1-7, and, and you look at Daniel Jones during the streak where they were able to win some games, albeit against teams that weren't that great. 
Although, give them credit for beating Seattle, which I still don't know how that happened. But he was really one of the big reasons why they were struggling. I mean, he was throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah, he did cut down on the turnovers, and that's great. But again, for the entire season, he threw 11 touchdowns. 11! I know. And he points out, John Mara, you know, we finished 5-3. and three. Well, technically, you finished 1-3, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. finished 1-3 and three in the one game that you did win um, against the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I think they only scored a field goal in the second half. That's right. I mean, it's and not like they lost put that the, game. the hammer down. Yep. And should have lost that game, Gordon. Very well could have, right? I mean, yeah. it, it very well could have. They should have lost that game. So it's interesting. So we'll figure out what folks have to say about the Giants at 1-800-919-3776. Also, we'll take your jet calls as, uh, jet calls and Nick calls as well. Gordon, i got to tell you, I'm really starting to warm up to this Nick team. I'm looking at them. And once again, it's, it's, a, it's really nice to be able to sit down and look at the team and expect a competitive basketball game where – you know that your team has a chance to win. It's it's refreshing. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon yet. You could say I'm I'm, I'm looking it over. <laughs> right. I haven't jumped on, tires on the I'm kicking the tires on the bandwagon. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not real sure. I'm not ready to jump on it yet. But I got to tell you, I'm encouraged. I'm one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Keep stepping on this guy, Gordon. When I was oh. A couple of years ago, let's put it that way. This was the song that they played when the Knicks took the court. Yeah, that sound that just sounds old. Yeah, that just is. sounds like a really old song. Like yeah. there's no way that that is a, a recent musical adventure. No, 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 no. That's that's late '80s, early '90s. Okay. Yeah, that that that. It that's feels older that. than that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it's what almost I heard like it. when you were a kid and you watched like Babe Ruth highlights or something <laughs> like that. You know, Bill Russell, and the, and the the video is like you know kind of jumpy because it's so old. Yeah, it's that sounds it sounds older than that, but it, okay. yeah, yeah, that's that's when it, that's I remember hearing it then mid eighties had to be like mid eighties, mid to late eighties. Well, that's a long time ago now. It doesn't feel it. Like, you know, when people say to me like, yeah, it happened in ninety uh, two. I'm like, oh, ninety two. Oh, geez, yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it, Gordon? Wow, Thomas is going by. Oh it's my sad. God, Thomas is going by. Taking your phone calls, Knicks, Jets, Giants. Before we get to the calls, you know this, Gordon, and I found this interesting. Eric Bieniemy must have done about twelve interviews in two days. <laughs> he had, he had, I mean, his Zoom must be zooming right now. I think he's done. The only person he hasn't talked. Can you believe the Houston Texans didn't want to talk out? Didn't want to talk to Eric Bieniemy? Can you believe that? Well, you know, it's a really weird situation. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, there's this guy, and SI did a great piece on him called Jack Esterby. Mm-hmm. And he was with the Patriots for a long time. He doesn't really have, like, a defined role. But he's like kind of like the puppet master pulling the strings behind the scenes. Some people refer to him as, you know, a real spiritual mentor and somebody who's very valuable. But there's other people... Who say no? This guy, this guy is like the the Svengali uh, behind the scenes, as they said on Seinfeld. The Svengali behind the scenes, where he's able to pull the strings and get everything that he always wants, even at the expense of other people who seem to have more power. And he kind of did that to to, to Bill O'Brien, kind of did that with the previous GM. So I, I get the feeling it's a really weird situation there. Yeah, it's got to be because I mean, he would be 
with the quarterback that you have there, he would be number one on my list. Yes, I know I have to give him, give him some more receivers, but he would be number one on my list. But you know, that, he's one of the. There was one of the teams that didn't want to. Uh, they have. I not think for Eric Bieniemy, I think it's probably better. He's probably better off. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, I think that if he is as highly coveted, as I think that this is the cycle he is going to get a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there. I would say right now, maybe outside of the Lions. Even though they have the quarterback there, I don't know. I think the Texans might be the worst job. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're capped out. They have no draft picks this year. Yeah. They got the quarterback, but they don't have a whole lot else. Yep. And an angry J.J. Watt. Yeah. <laughs> they have that. Off to the phones, Gordon. 1-800-919-3776. Charlie and Woodside, your bat leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Oh, good evening, Larry and Gordon. How are you guys doing? Charlie, what's up, man? Well, I'm fine. Uh, I'll say, uh, first, I'd like to say, talk about the Knicks. I think if that was last year, uh, Fitzdale coaching, uh, will, that, will the Knicks come back on that game? I highly doubt it. I think Tom Thibodeau, uh, probably the, that's a legitimate head coach right there. Uh, probably, hopefully, he's going to be turned out to be the, probably the best coach the Knicks probably will have since, have since Jeff Van Gundy, hopefully. Uh, I think the next this team is competing. Uh, one worry about the about him is like maybe the minutes, the usage of players and minutes. That thing maybe down the road, but right now, as of right now, I'm like, Laxon wants the Knicks play and then playing good basketball. But anyway, and the second one is Larry and Gordon. I'll say this: I can't stand the Giants. Uh, I think the Knicks have surpassed me as my number second team. You know, uh, Larry, my Number one team is right. That would be the New York Yankees. <laughs> and no matter what, I will not ban that team. But my goodness, the Giants, I, I'm, I'm like, jump and ban. I'm actually, it, it makes me abandon the Giants. I'm actually more to give up on that team. I want to give up on the team. I mean, just like Dave uh, Rothenfraud, uh, one of the, like, my, just like Michael K said, one of the biggest frauds of all time, uh, jumping on the bandwagon and everything. But progress by Mr. Mara. Another clown show. Uh, he's embarrassing himself. What is the progress? What, 10 lost season? Are you kidding me? I don't think the Knicks, are, uh, I mean, the Giants uh, make any progress. I think they're just a bunch of frauds. They think they're delusional. Uh, uh, the players, not, I mean, the quarterback is on his last year. I don't want to say his name, the GM, on his last year. Just, I'm absolutely sick with this organization. I can't stand it, and I can't stand this. And Larry, my position stays the same. It's your hey, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. You, you've been consistent. You don't like Gettleman. You don't like Daniel Jones. There's not a lot about this giant team. He likes Gordon. It makes me wonder if he's really a giant fan. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the defense did play. Uh, you know, they played a whole lot better than they did the year before. I mean, the year before they were an embarrassment. I mean, they were just getting lit up every single week. But, you know, it kind of comes back to the point that I made before about, you know, you, you nailed Bradbury. Uh, Martinez was a great signing. Williams is a great trade. And even with all those improvements, you won six games in a division where it was terrible. And, you know, what? the other one thing that John Mara did say that I found very interesting, because Gettleman kind of gets a pass on this. Mm. The first year he was here, People say, oh, you know, management, ownership told him, you know, we got to win one more mm-hmm. for Eli. Mm-hmm. Mara said today, and he was adamant about this more so than maybe anything else he said. There was never anything like that from management. They never did that. They never would do that where they told him you have to operate this way. 
Now, maybe he's lying. Maybe he's trying to wash his hands of it, and maybe that's Gettleman's job to take the slings and arrows that way. But for him to be that adamant about it makes me lean that they probably didn't and that Gettleman thought, you know what, we'll just slap a couple of pieces on here. We'll be back in the playoffs with Eli Manning. And that's really what has set this organization back. Interesting. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you got next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, family? How you guys doing, man? Everybody all right? Yeah, we're doing great, Buddha. Good, good. Listen, you played that Nick song, man. That reminded me of them WWOR days. The nine broadcast plaques. It was the big talk show in this area. Bob Wolf and Cal Ramsey. heard that song in a long time. Uh, yeah. I heard that. What was that guy's name? Richard Bay? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that, remember wow, that TV yeah, talk show you have on That's WWOR? Right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Quick, quick point on the Knicks and then on the Bills. Um, with the Knicks, man, but also Rivers was talking to Harlow when he came off the court. He said two things that were very poignant. Uh, he used the words, we're all in, and then he also used the line, coach wouldn't let us. Um, when I think of all in, I look at Julius Randle's body this year as opposed to last year. He's all in. Mm-hmm. And when I think of somebody who's not all in, I think of Dennis Smith Jr. That boy can't get on the court. <laughs> no. Listen, man, if you got a real coach come in, this is what the Jets, I mean, I hope they're watching it. The blueprint is, you get a real coach, a veteran coach, you sprinkle your team with free agents who have some winning experience. Austin Rivers did not come here to continue on with whatever was going on here before, and that's how you turn your team around. You know, it pisses you off when you look at that ESPN bottom line and you see all these coaching searches for, for, for a possible candidate that Jeff is going to talk to. And in college, there's no line that says Urban Meyer, and in the NFL, there's no line that says um, Bill Cowell or Tony Dungy. Who are the Jets to think that they don't need to reach out to those people to see if they want this job? Unbelievable. Like, they, they, they stress me so much, I, I just can't deal with them. But with the Bills, you know, last night, lad, you were talking about Josh Allen. You were saying, like, you know, you want to see what he's going to do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, i, I got to be honest with you, man. That kid Josh Allen is on the come-up, man, like Tony Montana was after Manolo took out Frank. You know, um, <laughs> look here, man. The, the, his completion percentage. His yards per completion, his touchdowns, his yardage, like there's been a drastic difference between year one to year two, and then year three, he took off. I mean, Mahomes, you got Watson, you got Rodgers, and and Brady, if you want to say him. But, I mean, he's like up there in the top five, Russell Wilson too. You know, Diggs has helped him, but it's not just all Diggs. That kid John Brown missed four games. As soon as he comes back, you watching the red zone, Let's go to the Bills, 50 yards to John Brown. This kid is a stud, man. This kid is an absolute stud. He's dripping with swag. I have to admit it. You know, he came in, and they, and they were trying to run that thing, but he said something racist in the fourth. Listen, that team loves that dude. They will run through a wall. Those men over there in Buffalo, they'll fight you for him, and they'll fight you for McDermott. I mean, I love that kid, man. And i got to be honest with you, if it's coming down to any quarterback of his draft class, he's the best one to me personally. And Lamar Jackson, in my eyes, has more to prove in this playoff than he does. His progression is steady. Passing, reading defenses, everything. That kid is the – he's Elway, but Elway, like, learning at an advanced curve that Elway was learning. Come on, bro. He's a big-time player, lad. Uh, there's no question, Buddha, but what I'm saying, and I didn't deny that he's not playing well, and he's played well in the regular season. 
My big thing was I want to see what he does in the postseason. Go back to his postseason last year. Turn the football over in key situations. Now, when you have a number one receiver like you have with, with Diggs, now that brings and you've got more weapons. That's why they built more weapons around him, and that's why. Thanks for the phone call, Booth. Always good hearing from you. And that's why they that Brian Dayballs opened up his offensive playbook and expanded it some. He had, and once again, this year he's been tremendous. There's no question about it. Regular season, he's been great. I still need to see what he does in the postseason when you play the elite teams at an elite level with defenses where they understand what's going on and will make some changes with you. Gordon, let's say, and you know, I hate to say this to you, Gordon, you know you've seen him up close twice with, you know, with the Dolphins, your team. Yeah, yeah, too close. And he's great in the regular season. I just need to see if he can take that, maintain that improvement that he had in the postseason, and then I'm willing to, to jump on board with you, Buddha. Yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing where he came from. And mm-hmm. I remember watching highlights of him at Wyoming. And the scouting report that stuck out to me was one that said he's, he's almost like furniture you get from Ikea. All the parts are there, but you're going to have to assemble it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he does have all the physical gifts. And if you wanted to pick a guy just based on physical gifts, tall, fast, strong, can run with power, can make plays with his feet, can get outside the pot, all these different things. Uh, what they have done with him in Buffalo, if the Jets are a case in point on how to ruin a quarterback, the Bills are the opposite example of how you build up a quarterback. Because I would not have expected – he made plays with his legs the first two years primarily. The way he throws the football, the accuracy that he has now in year three – he really does. He does kind of remind you of an Elway because he just mm-hmm. throws the ball so hard. He can make plays with his feet and everything else like that. And um, he's the prototype right now. I mean, if you if you're talking about young quarterbacks, obviously it's always going to be Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. But based on this season, it's not far behind. I mean, Allen, if he does anything close to this, what he's done in the regular season, and there's still yeah. quite. I mean, there's always questions until you do it. Mm-hmm. But if he does anything close to what he did during the regular season, he's gonna. He, I mean, he's gonna put himself on that level. There's no question about it. And and the other thing that he's done more subtly, Gordon, is he has found the 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 way to look off defenders, to steer them the way he wants them to go, and then come back to his receiver. So he's just improved a thousand percent as as a quarterback. There's no doubt about it. For me, yeah, I just I just want to see him continue that in the postseason. And Booty, you're right. We discussed it earlier in the week, Gordon. Lamar Jackson has something to prove this year. Absolutely. There's no question. You're right. Absolutely. Especially the he puts up another stinker? Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, forget it. Gordon Damer will pay off on the tease he made last night to review his hot NFL playoff team that he is riding to the Super Bowl. Yes. I like to, when my team gets knocked out, which is usually by the start of the playoffs, my team is done, mm-hmm. I like to find a team that I like to get on that bandwagon. I'm not driving the bandwagon. But I have a nice prominent seat on the bandwagon cheering them to victory. So I have found a team. I've done all the numbers. I've looked at the analytics. I've run it through the logarithm, the algorithm, whatever it is, Larry. Mm-hmm. And i got a team for you. This is the team that will win the Super Bowl this year. Outstanding. And and, and I may have to go on your – give you – because I'm not in Jersey. So I may have to ship you some, you know, FanDuel stuff. Yeah, well, if you do, take, a, in, you know. take a ride over to the house and uh, just sign up with the promo code Gordon, please. I need as many of those as I can get. <laughs> promo code Gordon, no problem. Please. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. Trey's in Brooklyn. 
Texas. Join us next on 98.7. Hey, Trent. <laughs> Yo, Gordon got his hat out, don't he? <laughs> yeah. I need it, Trey. Come on. Gee, what's going on, baby? What you need? I got you. <laughs> Yo, I hate to hear my man G sound like that, bro. He sound horrible, man. He said, I need as much as I can <laughs> I need it as much as I can get. A man's right, reach should always exceed his grasp, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I can't breathe right now, Joy. You got my yo, you got me tearing up in here right now, man. Oh, that was hilarious. Okay, good. All right, we got that out. All right, so uh I, you know, I look this gentleman thing real quick. I mean, who was surprised that he was gonna keep his job? The Giants do not go outside that building. If you got Ernie Corsi coffee in eighty three, you good. <laughs> You're gonna have a job here. You you ain't going nowhere. They don't hire outside that building. They do not have man. I'm telling you, they they would they would that he ain't going nowhere. He's good. That's just let him be, man. So all that Lewis Riddick is all he's just, no, he's never coming. Sorry. They don't hire people like Lewis Riddick, and I don't mean his company. They don't hire people like Lewis Riddick. They they like the same old thing. That's the good old boys network over at 1925 Giants Drive. Everybody who's a Giants fan knows. So the the next GM is probably looking over tape right now, or a scout, or an advanced scout. He's not going to be one of these hot hikes. So let's just get that off the plate. Now, the New York Knicks. Larry? Yeah. I'm going to keep my expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to calm down. Okay. I'm going to just take I'm going to just take the dub. Mm-hmm. But what we are dealing with now is leadership in our quarterback. Do you see it, Larry? Do you see a Do you see an assemblage of leadership in our quarterback? Do you see it? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Okay. So, with that being said, Austin Rivers is going to be just fine if he can stay healthy, stay on the floor. Yeah. He's going to be fine. He's, he is proving himself to be a leader. Dennis Smith Jr., Ooh. the antithesis of a leader. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually saw, you know, I think I actually saw him lift his cheek up off the, uh, off the bench early and, and fart. That, I'm, I'm serious. He is ridiculous. Why is this child still on this team? Does Westchester not have any spot? <laughs> you mean Dennis Dennis did not play coach's decision, Smith Jr.? No, come on, Larry. He's wasted our time. He's just, he's a waste of I I don't want to call a person a waste. His basketball skills are horrible. That's all I'm gonna say. He's well, not very good at his job, right? You're right. You're right. And here's the thing, Trey. And it's always good hearing from you, man. Thanks for checking in. Here's the thing, Trey Gordon, is that you've seen it. Dennis Smith Jr. hasn't done enough to earn time to get on the court. He's not playing hard like these other guys are playing, Gordon. He's not doing the things that you need to do in practice because here's what you know about Thibodeau. Some of the, you know the old story. Coaches say, well, you, you play like you practice and you have to earn minutes in practice and blah, 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 blah. Well, for him, he means it. And so if you don't, get, if you don't show what you can do in practice, guess what? You are not, you are not getting on the floor here. Yeah, and Austin Rivers, I don't know if you saw this, but on Instagram, he put up video of him going to practice on his day off, and his wife was not, I think it was his wife, yeah. was not too happy about it. So he's hes all in. You know, if you're willing to get your your wife angry at you for a little extra practice time, that's a guy who's buying in, certainly, certainly more than uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, that's what you respect about him. He he here's the, here's a guy who wants to he wants to win, Gordon. He's been he's been on teams even though, you know, he got close. He's been to he's been in the conference finals with Houston a couple of years. He knows what it takes to win. And so that's what that's what you want on your team, Gordon. That's how you bring people who understand what even though he didn't win the championship, but he knows what it takes to at least get there. And so those are the type of people you want to surround your young players with because that's how they get better. Yeah. Are we going to avoid the, uh, the, the the rotation is down to eight guys in eight games? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the positivity is so rare with the Knicks. You know, you don't like to bring – when things are rolling, it's like, no, don't worry about that now. We'll worry about that later when things go wrong. Exactly. It does seem like the Tibbs is going a little too hard, a little too fast, it feels like it sometimes. But who am I to, you know, look at five and three and, and, and come up with negatives? Randall, 40 minutes. Robinson, 41. Peyton, 42. Listen, Barrett Barrett only had 33 tonight. He's leading the league in minutes played. Yeah. And he only had the he Rivers had, had 32 off the bench. So he can get a breather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, did, and, did, and did not play much in the fourth quarter because no. of that. It did no, not did play not much. Tonight. Dennis is in South Jersey. Hey, Dennis, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you guys doing tonight? Good, Dennis. Doing good, Dennis. Hey. Hey, I just wanted to talk about the coaching search, Larry. I just want to appreciate you for talking to me off, not from jumping off the ledge with the Adam Gase situation. You kept telling me he's getting fired, and you said, hang in there, Dan, he's getting fired. But um, what I wanted to say about the Jets coaching situation is, this is all a dog and pony show these guys are interviewing. I think they got something up their sleeve, and I'm going to give you the three names. Mm-hmm. I think it's David Shaw. I think it's Matt Campbell. And I think it's Jim Harbaugh, and I think they're going to make a push for one of those three. What do you think? That's interesting, um, Dennis, because when you look at, at at this, it's interesting, but I really think, and Gordon and I were talking about this last night, when you understand that Joe Douglas has so much, and thanks for the phone call, Dennis, got to run, when he has so much invested in the pro coaches that he knows, I just think they're going to go pro, but I would not be surprised if the I would idea. I'd be surprised if Harbaugh jumps at this job. I think he, I'd be a little surprised at that. Yeah, I don't think he because I, I think he wants more control than they want to give up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't think Look, he's. Look, if they could get list. David Shaw, I would sign for that. Yes, I think most Jet fans would sign for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you're going with a college coach, Gordon, you're going with a coach that's going to be somebody that can build a program. And we talked about that. That That's where you go. But yeah. in this scenario, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather go with a, with, with, a, with a guy that's had some experience, Gordon. This is not an easy job. You yeah, know, with all the I things mean, that you've got to go it through really here. It comes down to me, who, who, does, who does Joe Douglas say to himself, life on the line, I get one shot. Who's the guy that I know for sure absolutely is going to just knock this out of the park? I don't care. I almost don't care where it comes from. Um, but for him, it's got to be that level of conviction mm-hmm. because this might be the only guy he gets to pick. That's right. That's right. And He's not and, working for the Giants, you know? No, <laughs> no he isn't. <laughs> and, and for me, if I'm him, I'm thinking I want somebody that's got a little experience, Gordon. I mean, I'm just thinking that way. I, I want somebody that's got some experience that knows how to build, that's built something somewhere else. 
that's that I can see or has been a part of building something somewhere else that I can see. But yeah, I, I was kind of going through where he's been. You know, obviously Philadelphia. Right. Uh, it doesn't really seem like anybody's there. You know, Deuce Staley, I think, is one of the offensive coaches there. I don't think mm-hmm. he's, you know, a- enough experience yet to, to make that jump. Uh, he was obviously – he was in Chicago. I don't really look at – by the time, he, you know, he left Chicago, the people that are there now. The one kind of guy that might make a little bit of sense, I think Martindale was still in mm-hmm. Baltimore when yep. he was in Baltimore. So that might be a name we might have to keep an eye on. I agree. And then if, if, if he's – because he, here's the thing, and they did it with Rex. Rex was supposed – originally Rex was supposed to bring Ray Lewis with him. Okay, with that, he was supposed to convince Ray to come along with him to be on the Jets' defense. Uh, he couldn't do that, but he brought along a couple of other ones. He brought along, obviously, Bart Scott, our colleague, right. who was on with Bart and Hunt. Uh, he brought along a couple of other players in the secondary that he had, uh, a couple of guys. You know, coaches always bring their guys all right, to, to maintain the locker room so they know what's going on. Uh, does he bring Matt Judon over here, which, which would also help the Jets with uh, you know, some kind of a pass rush? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something that they can use a lot of those Ravens. Uh, yeah, they sure could. They sure could because they have because of the physical nature that they play, Gordon. And that's one thing that's really been missing from this Jet team consistently is they don't really play physical. Yeah, and and that's the thing that you know when you look at Joe Douglas, he's a guy that you know really believes in in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to wonder if if the if the coach he's going to you'd have to think that the coach he's going to hire or at least heavily suggest, is going to be someone who is an expert in that area. So I think Martindale, I know I said Arthur Smith uh, last Mm -hmm. night. I have the right to change my mind every single solitary night. Uh, Just reading up about Martindale today, you know, you you figure that that he has to be a guy that they'd strongly consider. I don't know if they've planned an interview. I haven't seen anything about that yet, but you would think that he has a relationship with him, and that would be a guy that would kind of check a lot of boxes. I agree with you, but I but I I am open to David Shaw, and I think they should talk to him anyway, even if to explore the different offenses. Because Gordon, here's the one thing we know: the college offenses have have taken over the National Football League. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there was a time where it was if you hired a college coach, it was like, oh, you're going the college route. Those guys are never successful. It's a whole new world now. It definitely is. Well, we've played at that level so far. Um, you know, the biggest uh, surprise for me has been his vision. Um, his willingness to pass um, and his conditioning. You know, he's in, he's in incredible shape, um, you know, for him to be doing that. He plays most of the game. He does it on both ends. He's talking. So he's been great for us. He's been great. And, uh, you know, yeah, he's playing at an all-star level. You can't deny that. Not at all. So we, we need him to keep going, for sure. The voice of Austin Rivers, who had a phenomenal fourth quarter as the Knicks in the game you heard right here on 9870 ESPN New York. Knicks with a 112-100 win over the Utah Jazz. And, Gordon, those songs bring back some very nice but painful memories yes. of the 90s. Absolutely. They are painful. But you know what? It's been so long since it feels like the Knicks have been even close to that position that it's almost like nostalgia now, right? Like those were the good old days for a lot of us. Like for those of us that weren't old enough to remember the championship years, those were the good old days. So I don't, I get what you're saying because those were pain. I mean, they would always end so painfully to the Bulls, but still I hear that song and it gives me a fond, uh, a fond feeling. 
it's so sad, Gordon, but those days you would have thinking how Nick fans look at those teams and revere those teams. You would have thought that they won like one or two titles. <laughs> it came close. Yeah. It came close. They really oh. did. I mean, for Ewing, they really did deserve. I mean, you take a look at what they had around, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not a championship roster outside nope. of Patrick, you know. Nope. Nope. Uh, unfortunately. Nope. And then you start dreaming, oh, if Bernard could have been there with right. Patrick. No, and, yep. you know, you know. Oh, well. Back to the phones. Omar's in Brooklyn. Hey, Omar, you're next on 98.7. Oh, hello, Gordon. Hello, Tom. Omar, Larry. how we feeling, Listen. buddy? You got to be pumped up, buddy. <laughs> how, he, how is Miami Dolphins doing after 56, 20 weeks? Hey, look, wow. you know what? This is only year one for us, buddy. You know, year one with uh, with uh, Josh Allen had some ups and downs, too. It's all right. We'll get there. I, I, want, I wanted to listen to your uh, team. Uh, the, I hope that you're thinking about those. <laughs> I, I wanted oh, to listen to that. Well, you have to stay, too. Yeah. I can't give it away. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, first thing, uh, too many minutes on Julius. I don't have a problem with Barrett. He's 20 years old. Julius Randle, and uh, they're talking about uh, uh, signing Gibson for 10, 15 minutes because uh, Neil is injured, everybody's injured, mm-hmm. so uh, they have to give the minutes. Uh, there is nobody here. That's why he's playing that many minutes. So I, I want to relax Julius Randle a little bit. He doesn't have any other option. Uh, they have only two, uh, uh, one power forward and one center. Neil is out. Uh, that uh, Obi Simpson is out. Everybody's out. So uh, that's why he's playing too many minutes. So he wanted. Uh, and let me ask you, Larry. Uh, first thing, uh, very bad news for Lando Magic. Who's getting hurt? But mm-hmm. they were in the off season. They were his that head coach is very high on Dennis Smith Jr. They wanted to trade for him, but the Knicks didn't trade him because they wanted to see it. I think this is the best option. I don't think they will go for Rosier because he has too many years left on his contract and Dennis Smith is not making that much money. Uh, it's a perfect suitable for him. I don't want second round. If they give me a lottery protected first round, I'll take it. Second round is to wait for a lottery pick that Dennis Smith Jr. is and we gave up Prozingas. I will not give up a second rounder for Dennis Smith Jr. I know he has not played. I'm not a fan of his. And a lot of Knicks fans wanted to get rid of him. But uh, uh, a lot of now the Orlando Magic need it right now. They need a point guard. So Omar, let me ask you this, Omar. Omar, let me ask yes. you this. If you're the Orlando Magic, are you giving a first-round pick for Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> well, throw in Dennis no. Smith Sr. <laughs> Listen, I understand that they are not uh, giving. I, I, as a, honestly, right now he has not proven that you should get a, uh, even a third round pick. Yeah, we, we have to wave him out, and somebody can sign him. Yeah, that, that's how he has played. But you know, and everybody says that he has talent. And let me tell you, a good coach. But he's that is not right. He's not made for New York. You know, people made up for New York who wanted to come here. Austin Rivers, Julius Randle, everybody that wants to come here wants to show something. Dennis Smith Jr. always cries. He's not for the New York material. That's why you have to get rid of him. All right, I don't but here's the thing, Omar. Here's the thing, Omar, and thanks for the phone call. Omar Gordon, I'll take the second round pick. 
because then I could take that second round pick and trade it to somebody else and move back into the first round. But yeah. I'm not getting a first round pick for no, no, no. Junior. <laughs> no, no. I think that no matter what team you're you're talking about, they have a scouting report on that. You know, like they know what Dennis Smith Junior's done the last couple of years, and he's yeah, still nothing I mean, crazy. He's still only 23. I know. It feels like he's been around a lot longer. I know it's unbelievable. And 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 listen, if if he can't get on the court for Thibodeau. Where else is he going to go? Because here's the thing. At least he, as bad as this is, it, with the way the injuries have been on this team, Gordon, and the way things are, you, folks needing minutes just to get off the – just to give, give guys a blow, you mean he can't trust him on the court for five to ten minutes to do something defensively, even if you don't score? If you could just get in the way and get a couple of rebounds, that would give him some encouragement to put you on. That means, Gordon, he's not doing anything in practice. Nothing. Yeah. No, I mean it's almost like uh, and to and to be cutting bait this quickly, right? We're eight yeah. games into the year, and it seems like uh, it, it's already a, a done deal that he's not going to play. And you would like to think that the injury situation is not going to get any worse than this. Mm-hmm. So if he's not playing now, he's not playing. No, yeah, <laughs> he's not playing. And I get Omar's idea. You know, Markel Fultz is done. I get right. it. Orlando wants him. I understand the movement for doing it now, but uh, that's not happening. They're not going to do that. They're and the one thing about the minutes with Tibbs, um, you, you can't complain that about that. You, this is what you you knew what you yeah. were getting. Yep. You know, this is not you, you marry somebody and you find out they have a secret life in some other town. This is this is what this is what you signed up for. So you can't complain about it. He comes as advertised. As, absolutely <laughs> as advertised. This is no bait and switch. Nope. This is who he is. The only question I'm curious about is how are these practices going. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I know the minutes. Now, he was supposedly, Gordon, uh, making adjustments as far as practice. Because he, when he was working with us on TV, he was like, oh, I'm going to these different coaches. I'm looking at their practices. I'm taking all the teams doing their practices. Because he was, right. he was laying people out. Right. <laughs> you know, Mike practice. McCarthy was learning about the analytics as well. That did not uh, – No, know, it didn't. It's tough for guys to change the way they do things. This is true. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Larry. Gordon. Knicks are five and three. Now, over an eighty-two game season, that would be fifty-one and thirty-one. Uh, it's a seventy-two game season that translates to forty-five and twenty-seven. Can you imagine them going twenty-five, forty-five and twenty-seven? No, no. no. They will, they will that'd be no. the greatest thing that we've seen in New it York. It would be incredible, but that's not what's going to happen. If this was well, hard we'll I'd be screaming, "Lower, lower!" <laughs> What I like Thibodeau's, what he's doing is he's got a starting five averaging 35 minutes a game. That means he has five best players. I don't think these guys are playing because of the injuries or because of uh, uh, lack of the other play. I just think these are the best five guys. They should be playing that many minutes. And then with Knox, Rivers, and Quigley off the bench, you got solid eight. Now, the other four guys, Obi, Neil Aquino, Noel, and uh, Smith, well, Noah will have to play because he's the backup yeah, center. Right. The other three, I, even Obi, I don't know where he's going to find minutes. And don't Obi. forget Burks. Don't forget Burks, who was hot right. as, as a shooting guard, too. You yeah. know, he's going to be out longer. Thanks for the phone call, uh, Richard. He's going to be out longer. Well, Obi is. Obi's Obi's gonna, gotta, no, you got to find I don't care. You gotta Obi's going to take Randall's minutes. Yeah, I mean, he, you have to be able to find minutes for your first round pick when you're a team that is still. Look, we can talk about development all we want. And hope that they do, you know, go whatever this year. This is still a development year, and this is your number one pick, and and, and you're excited about him. You, you got to find a suitable amount of minutes for him. It, 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 
even if it comes at the expense of a win or two here or there. Yeah, absolutely. You need to see what you can do. And and I think Rand- Randall will be ready to sit down a couple of minutes when Obi Toppin comes back. I guarantee you. He'll be ready to sit. He will he's be. He's going to be like Dennis Rodman in the, the last dance when he's like, I, I need a break. I need a vacation. I need I'll a be, vacation during the season. Yeah, call me. I'll be in Vegas. one 800 When we return on ESPN New York tonight, Gordon Damer's guaranteed championship right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. I've held the audience off long enough. You even had Omar not Omar's calling in to try to find out. Yes, Who he would love to know, wouldn't he? And yes, he would. And you made him wait, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. All Who right. is it? The team that I'm going with this year. Now, mm-hmm. look, I always uh, – you can't take uh, the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs or the Packers. They're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I like a team that's getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. I like a team that plays on that first week. Well, this year it's a little bit different because pretty much everybody's playing on that first weekend. Yeah. They don't lose any of the momentum. The team I am going with this year, I'm getting a, a, a spot on the bandwagon mm-hmm. right next to Omar from Brooklyn. The Buffalo Bills wow. will be your Super Bowl LV. I don't know what Super Bowl that is. LV Super Bowl champs will be the Buffalo Bills. Me and Omar, it's like when Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage joined forces, the superpowers, boom. Me and Omar, the wow. Buffalo Bills, are going all the way this year. I'm riding them on the old fan duel. Lock wow. it in. Okay. Yeah, I love it. What is it about Buffalo? Is, is it Josh Allen, as we were talking about before? Is that, is that the reason? Well, is look, it part defense? of it could be the fact that I just watched them just absolutely destroy my defense. Now, a lot of that came with Mark, Matt Barkley in the game, so that probably is not a, a good reason. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that they're peaking at the right time. Their defense, which was such an issue uh, before the year, has become much, much less so. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not really like a, a one-dimensional team. They can throw the ball. They can pass the backs out of the backfield. I just think that there, a lot of things are going right at the right time. And I don't know. I don't think that they're uh, favored. But I was looking at a lot of the, like, the analytics sites. The number one team uh, from Football Outsiders, which um, you know weighs a bunch of stuff, According to their simulations, the Bills, 17.6. That's, the uh, I think, the highest one out of all their simulations to win the Super Bowl this year, the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. So I'm riding them. I'm on right, that, now, Josh Van, that Josh Allen bandwagon. Okay. Uh, how do they match up this week? Now, they have Indianapolis. And the one thing you'll say about Indianapolis, although it came too late for Andrew Luck, they don't give up a lot of quarterback sacks. <laughs> I think they no. were, like, what, they had, like, what, maybe 20 or something all season. Uh, with a quarterback who you know he's going to be. So that that's an interesting thing. But they they seem to have trouble against the run, if I remember correctly, seeing them a couple of games. The Buff- Buffalo, it was much more pronounced earlier in the year. It has not been – they've definitely kind of shored up now. I'm not telling you it's the strength of the team, mm-hmm. but it's definitely been a lot better uh, over the last uh, you know month mm-hmm. or so, and that's kind of what I'm judging it on. I just feel okay. like they're a team that's peaking at the right time, uh, I think that they can, you know, win. I don't really look at them as a team that you have to worry about playing on the, you know, if they go on the road. Right. They're kind of a young enough team that, you know, I don't think that that will impact them all that much. So uh, the Buffalo Bills are my pick. I'm riding them. Me and Omar together at last. Can I tell you something, Gordon? Yeah. They have a receiver on that team. And uh, Buddha mentioned John Brown. Mm-hmm. I, we, we've talked about Stephon Diggs. But you know what? That Cole Beasley – it's amazing. Who, 
who 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 was really good in Dallas, but the last couple of years they couldn't find him. He is the ultimate possession receiver in the National Football League. It's crazy. Like when you saw him in Dallas, you're like, ah, oh, this little guy. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he got to Buffalo this year. He's been like Wes Welker light. Yes. I mean, he's yes. been he's been that good. Now, I think he was out um, for the Miami game. I don't know. I think he's coming back for this game this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, Diggs is the one that gets a lot of the attention. But Brown makes plays. Uh, they have the two backs, Moss and Singletary, both make plays. Mm-hmm. And Beasley, uh, it, as long as he's back, that could uh, obviously be, a, you know, a factor. But you know what's nice about the Bills? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about them as well is they have a, a, a really good offensive line, and they don't they don't have one guy on that offensive line that was you know a top ten pick. You know, every time the team gets into the, the top ten, they're like, oh, you know, take a big offensive lineman, get that left tackle. They don't really have that guy. They have a bunch of guys that have been other places pretty much, uh, but it, it works for them. It comes back to kind of coaching. So I, I like the balance that they have on offense and defense. I think they can get after the quarterback. I think that that will be big against Phillip Rivers this week. So I like the Buffalo Bills. It works for them, Gordon, because they have chemistry and synergy where they just understand where everybody's going to be, and they understand how everybody what what if if he if they go to the line of scrimmage, they understand the, the slide blocking, whatever they have to do. If they see something, they've been together so long. I think that's part of it as well as the fact that, you know, you would love to have a, a high draft pick for an offensive lineman. Obviously, you know, if you're the Jets, you're happy with Mekhi Becton. Right. But I do think that overall what happens, if, if you can get some guys who've got a little bit of experience and have them work together, that's what the Bills have. And, of course, we've talked about their defense. And their defense, as you mentioned, it started out slow. But that defense has been – the offense has caught up to the defense. The defense has been very good over the past, like, three or four years. Yeah, and the defense, yeah, that was the thing that coming into the year, you thought, oh, yeah, for sure. And then they had that game, uh, they had a game against the Chiefs where they got run all over, it felt like. And then there was another game that they felt like they got run all over. But over the last, I'd say, month to six weeks, it feels like they've really shored up that area. And the Bills are one of those teams where it feels like that people are looking at them going into this year's playoffs as, well, they're a team that's on the rise, but they're probably a year or two away Sometimes those teams kind of hit before you think, right? Like the window of opportunity is open before you really think it is. And, and it just feels like the way things are lined up in the AFC. It's the Chiefs and everybody else. So if you have to find a team that you think can beat the Chiefs, I feel most confident about the Bills. And if you can beat the Chiefs, I feel like you can beat anybody. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing about, the, about Kansas City is that defense is very scary. <laughs> they don't play well at all. So if, you, if you're a team that can score points – that's going to be a big shootout. There could be a lot of points if they meet for the, you know, to in, in the conference championship. Yeah. So I mean, look, uh, Buffalo's had an amazing year. It's kind of all come together at the right time. You know, it's, it's not like I'm really going out on the limb with like a five or six seed. I mean, they are mm-hmm. the number two seed in the AFC, so right. uh, it's not like I'm going really that far out of the. It's, I'm, not, I'm not picking the Bears, right? There's so, no question but, about uh, that. Buffalo. I'm going to get put through one of those uh, folding tables this weekend. <laughs> all right, partner. See you tomorrow. All right, man. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Uh, Jake, Brian, thank you very much. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.